Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So the story on the minds of many Canadians today, Hockey Canada, uh, the past chair of the board, Michael Brindamore, along with the interim chair, Andrea Skinner, appearing before the Canadian Heritage Standing Committee in Ottawa. I think this is the third time that uh, a hearing like this is being held in Ottawa to try and get to the bottom of how the organization has dealt with sexual assault claims. Uh, over the years. It it all started, as we said, back in May when it came to light that they had settled uh, a lawsuit with a woman who alleged she was sexually assaulted by eight members of the 2018 junior men's hockey team during a June gala event in London that year. Um, From there, we went on to learn that they had used hockey membership fees to build up um, a fund that they would use to pay for uninsured liabilities, which include sexual abuse claims. And then yesterday we find out that there's not one fund like that, there's actually two. So this is the drip, drip, drip as more and more information comes out. Like all confidence and transparency has been shattered. So the question is, going forward, do the calls to have the organization rebuilt need to be heard by the organization? So far they haven't. There's been one resignation. It's Michael Brindamore who's testifying today. He left in August. He was done in November anyway. And the rest of the board is intact as it was, along with the people who run Hockey Canada. We're going to chat now with Dr. Laura Meisner, who's a director and professor at the School of Kinesiology and Faculty of Health Sciences in Western University, and uh, deals a lot with sports governance. Uh, Dr. Meisner, thank you for joining us. I appreciate your time. Oh, I'm happy to be here. It's that governance piece that, that I want to talk to you about today. Um, do you think, uh, do you echo the sport minister, um, Justin Trudeau, Sheldon Kennedy, the long, long list of people who say, you know what, you got to start over. You got to tear this down and start over. We need a new um, form of governance around Hockey Canada. Right. I, I think the, the question is much bigger than just simply the, the governance and the leadership. It's it's about the culture of the sport itself, and that's been built up around the sport. It's a culture of, of silence, a culture of toxic masculinity, and, and governance alone isn't going to change that. But it has to start there. It has yeah. to start from that leadership stepping aside and saying, you know what, we're not in a position to make that change. And uh, right now, you know, it's very clear that these individuals don't see themselves as wanting to give up that, that power. Um, they think they can make the change from within, which is problematic in and of itself, given all the information that we have now. And I think that's only the tip of the iceberg in terms of what we're hearing. Um, And so there needs to be change and they need to be willing to step back. It doesn't mean that down the road, should those individuals end up being the right people to bring back into the organization, they couldn't be brought back in. But ultimately, at this point in time, they need to be stepping aside. A couple of things you talked about there. Do you really think there's more? I mean, this is the part that blows my mind. Like, obviously, Hockey Canada's strategy is to just try and uh, cross their fingers and hope nothing more comes to light, knowing there's more. We've seen it come out time and time again. You really think there's still more that we're going to learn? Oh, I I would love to say to you that that there's not, um, that we're not going to learn more than that we've sort of uncovered all of the demons uh, that are in the closet. But unfortunately, I don't think that that's the case. Um, The situation that we're hearing about, and and you 
talked about the introduction, um, you know, that happened, that came out to light in May and happened many years ago. I don't think that's a nice, that's not an isolated incident. There isn't, there's sure. a reason that these accounts are set up. And so I think we're going to hear more of these accounts coming forward. You know, if we look back to the time when Sheldon Kennedy came forward and started talking about what was going on in hockey, and then we started to hear from others. We're seeing that happen in other sports like hockey. We heard some more about um, figure skating. We've heard about it. I mean, we could go on and on. Gymnastics, there's a long list. Gymnastics, you know, it goes on. So as soon as we start to hear these accounts, more people are likely to come forward and start to speak out. And when they do that, we start to uncover more and more things going on in these organizations. And so I think from that standpoint, that's part of the reason that the governance really needs to change. We need to be able to open the books and start to understand what was really going on, how things really are happening, if we expect to ever make change in that system. Um, but with those willing to just stay there in their position, hold that stance of governance, we're never going to see real change in the culture of the sport. And that's what ultimately needs to happen. And when you talk about that culture, the, the confidence and the transparency in this leadership group, I mean, we, we have to believe that we... Um, are all on board here. And like I say, I've been involved with minor hockey and I know all the work that's done at the grassroots level with the little kids and the coaches and everything involved. And then you've got this complete and utter disconnect with what seems to be happening with the national body that oversees the sport. That disconnect, that lack of confidence and parents rightfully being very upset with some of their registration fees going to pay for this. You can't replace it with the same people that are there. No, no. I mean, that's the big thing is the confidence in the sport that is so ingrained in our Canadian culture. And so, you know, while we think about the, the grassroots programs that we have in our communities that are wonderful programs, a lot of the funds that, that are collected through those programs are supporting Hockey Canada and the initiatives that they've, they've been undertaking. And so we need to see that change. If we're going to see that confidence being built back up from this wonderful sport at the community level, but unfortunately, unless there's really strong change, major change in leadership, and a change in what that leadership looks like. I mean, that's part of the problem is we're trying to change uh, a rampant culture of toxic masculinity. Um, really, and um, unless we see that change at the top level, and Minister St. Thomas talked about it yesterday in that call for action, in the call for leadership change, we need different types of individuals leading this organization. We cannot perpetuate the same individuals trying to make change from within. It is not going to change the culture of the sport, and we're just going to totally lose confidence in what is supposed to be the wonderful part of this sport. A lot of people on the text line, and I agree with them, what about the people involved? I mean, I understand when you have a settlement, sometimes the, the criminal liability is included in that, and it's no longer possible, but do we need to hold some of the perpetrators to account here? I mean, would that help? I mean, I think that's a starting point. It's a really difficult piece because, yes, the perpetrators need to be held to account. But at the same time, we need to understand a bit more about that culture piece because part of the reason we have these perpetrators in this system is because the system and the culture itself allows, enables, and supports them to perpetrate these acts. So we have to be careful about entirely blaming an individual. While that's important, Mm -hmm. it is about a bigger piece that has been enabled that and suggesting that that kind of behavior is acceptable, that it's okay to initiate individuals, that it's okay to support, you know, your teammates for, for these kinds of sexual and violent acts as a way to be part of the culture and that that gets silenced by 
coaches and administrators and all of those in governance because that becomes an accepted part of the culture and also an expected part of that culture. So we want to be very careful about blaming individual perpetrators because they are also part of a broader toxic culture that they then are buying into, having to become part of to be accepted in that culture. And so, you know, I I really caution against that individual blaming and we need to look more broadly at how do we change that system to create a better, supportive, welcoming, safe place where people want to be in that sport. Now, Doctor, I, um, I'm not disagreeing with a word that you're saying. I'm wondering what what needs to be done to change that because I know um, uh, as a coach for many, many years um, and as a parent and as a player and all these, I, I've like if you go back to when I was playing, there wasn't a word mentioned about any of this stuff. Now, mm-hmm. um, there is a ton of work. There is a ton of yeah. training. There's a ton of instruction. There's a ton of awareness around all of these issues that you're talking about. Is it not having the desired effect? Well, I think the unfortunate thing is it's it's not it's not really having the the ultimate desired effect that we want because what what's actually happened is we've seen some change in the culture, but then a lot of the these acts become behind closed doors um, on a culture within a team where we don't talk about it. It becomes very silent because they know it's wrong, but it becomes so ingrained in that culture of the sport that, you know, with all of this awareness piece, with all the training that we all go through as coaches, as athletes, um, as officials, um, you know, we, we risk also silencing those acts even more because we know they're wrong. Instead of finding a place that's safe for those to speak out. Yeah. So that's the bigger issue is that there are those who need to be empowered and ready to speak out to say that this is not acceptable because what we've seen throughout the years as we've become more aware of this is that really those who do speak out are ostracized from the sport and they don't become really fully ingrained in what it's about because they've called out their teammates, they've called out their coaches, they've called out the organization. And so we still tend to blame the victim instead of really blaming a system that is problematic. And so we've we've started down the path to do better, yep. but we have a long way to go to change that culture. Clearly. Can this be a turning point? Can this, what's going on with Hockey Canada right now, um, just sort of be the line in the sand where Canadians say, you know what, for the good of our game, this can't yeah. continue. We need, we need to redo this in a better way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I really, to be fair, I really hope so. Um, We know with, you know, international sport governing bodies, some of the major changes that have come about have become pressure from not the inside, but those from outside. So when we get pressure from sponsors, so where the money is, pressure from government saying this is no longer acceptable, that's when we see major shifts. My biggest concern about this is that we will see um, a change in governance, but not a real change in culture because that culture shift takes time it's not going to happen overnight we're not going to see it happen in the next couple of years and canadians need to be ready and willing to see their sport really get broken down the things that they have loved about their sport get broken down in order for us to be able to build it back up in a way that is safe and welcoming for all athletes to be involved and that's going to take a lot of time dr meisner great insight thank you so much for joining us today i really appreciate it Oh, I'm happy to be here. Thanks so much. Thank you. That's Dr. Laura Meisner, Director and Professor in the School of Kinesiology in the Faculty of Health Sciences at Western University. 
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. <laughs> and Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.